Welcome to Talking Hot Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. Now today our episode is The Meeting. Before we get going, let's uh, just uh, catch up those of you that haven't uh, visited in with us before. Greg and I have been friends for a long time and we are still friends, I've been assured. We've both been managers for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. Every episode, we're gonna discuss a situation where we and others can often miss the mark. We will most often start from the employee's perspective, and we're gonna discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations. And we're always, always gonna have an underlying theme of a really good discussion. Are we gonna have a good discussion today? We're gonna have a great discussion. This is a great topic and something that we've all experienced and uh, both good and bad meetings. I love meetings, Greg. I like effective meetings, Alistair. Uh, I got to say, you know, before we get into the, uh, some of the points here that uh, I have to say my favorite meeting is what I call a drive-by meeting where either I'm in the lobby or I'm just wandering around and I have in mind that I need to speak to somebody about something and I love it that uh, it just happens and you bump into somebody and it's like one of these people you had to have, you know, you wanted to talk to and, and rather than do a formal like half hour, hour meeting, you just have the discussion right there. And then and that's my favorite type of meeting, the drive-by meeting. Well, you know, sometimes those meetings are great because they can be very effective because you know, you have a limited amount of time. And also uh, you, you just, sometimes you catch people uh, a little bit off guard and, and uh, which allows them to be more fluid in the conversation, which usually allows a richer dialogue. I agree 100%. And it's quicker. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so let's uh, set this up. You have a regular set meeting with your boss or an ad hoc meetings over a period of time in which you experience some or all of the following. They are late a lot or most of the time. They always have to leave early for another meeting. They are disorganized. They don't know the topic. They haven't prepared. They haven't read over the material involved. They keep checking their emails or their phone during the meeting. They are checked out. They aren't listening to your views. They don't appear interested at all. So how do you think this affects our relationships and the work environment? Well, you know, Alistair, we've talked throughout our podcast and we'll reinforce the, force this uh, almost on every topic that a, a manager's role is to create an environment where someone feels valued and where someone can see how they can personally impact into the team, the organization, uh, the broader vision of where the organization is going. And there are certain times when you have an opportunity as a manager to create a focused space that you can really help those two things being valued and finding impact just elevate so quickly when you're together um, and, and it's when you are in meetings and uh, it can also be a time that you can just destroy those two things. So the meeting is that such a powerful time that you can you can sit together and really be connected and focused on, on helping to deliver that, creating that space for, uh, for your employee. And when that doesn't happen, boy, oh boy, trust is lost, 
my connectivity with this organization is lost, my sense of value and impact is lost. And that's in addition to not being a good thing for relationship, it's not a good thing for the performance of the organization. The more people you have in that state of mind, the less your team will be successful, the less you will be successful as a leader and the less your organization will be successful. I think it's a huge contributor to culture in the organization when you're talking to your boss, you know, the occasions that you have, you know, these regular meetings or you have a, a series of ad hoc meetings over time. This is probably the number one building block when it comes to culture within the organization. Yeah. And you know what? I think that sometimes organizations, they have, uh, created a situation for managers where they've overloaded them they've they've kind of told them what they need to do and what they're accountable for and this often gets pushed to the side because they're so overloaded with other stuff so organizations do that to managers as well and and rather than doing the other stuff prioritizing these connection points um will create the space for all the other stuff to get done because there you engage your people, you involve your people more, you get them excited about what they're going to do, and then there'll be higher levels of performance, which will allow you the freedom to do it. But unfortunately, organizations lose the, um, lose the sense of how important connectivity and relationship is. And when does that often happen the most? It's within your connection points, your meetings with your, your team. And infringing on these meetings is the easiest way to deal with that time crunch. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what are some simple things to make the meeting a better experience? Because that's what we want. So some common sense things to keep in mind. And I, there's a bunch of people in my past that really did this well. And there are a few that did not do this very well. But uh, all those people had a big impact on my attitude towards meetings. So the first one, value the meeting. Be on time most of the time. And if you're not on time, really apologize and mean it. Yeah, you know, this is one for me that I know that I've been guilty of. I'm a guy who loves conversation, loves getting involved in things, and sometimes gets distracted. And as a result of that, sometimes I would show up and I remember team members making a little bit joke about my schedule, my my timing and that type of thing. And at first I missed it, uh, but then I began to realize my reputation was becoming of the guy who would show up uh, late. Um, and it really, I didn't show up that late all the time, but it was enough that a pattern and a perception had been created. And so, um, you know, I started actually scheduling my meetings that were 45 minutes. So I was done at quarter two. So it would give me the space to make sure I got to the next one. You know, so there are some strategies that you can put into place as a manager to make sure you're there on time. And then to your point, when you're not there, apologize. But you can change the, the narrative of who you are. And when you don't show up on time, that says there's other people who are more important than you are. The message it sends is huge. So just listening to what you're saying, and, and I think I have had the same experience as well. There's the way that we, and you and I have both been managers for a long time, there's this way we approach the meeting and how important it is to be on time. But there's also an issue of how the organization behaves as well. If they have you, say, going back-to-back -back meetings for, for eight hours, um, I mean, unless you're, you know, you can instantly appear in other rooms and stuff like that, the organization is actually setting you up to have difficulties in this area as well. 
I think that is true. And I would also say that we have more control over things than we think. Uh, so my schedule, I do. And when I was in a leadership or a management role, I had more control over it, at least in the areas that I could say, hey, I'm not available until this time. So maybe I start meetings at 10 after, or again, maybe I finish my meetings. What I can control, I control 45 minute meetings. And I declare, you know, you can begin to influence the rest of the organization by simply saying, listen, I block off 45 minute timeframes. And the reason I do that is because it gives me enough time to get to the next one. Because I'm sure you feel this as I feel, there's nothing more frustrating than someone coming in late especially if that's your boss. So this is what I'm trying to do and why. And most people will say, huh, that's a really, that's a really good idea. Uh, but unless uh, each of us starts to declare this and live this, we can easily get sucked into, especially pleasers, people who really want to please others into, no, I got to stay for as long as possible. It's a, it's a bit about that brave courage to say what you want to do. I really like that because when you model something like that, it, it also affects everybody else, you know, your level above, but also the people below. And I like that 45 minute thing because then it gives you 15 minutes to get to the next meeting, perhaps even prepare for that meeting, maybe grab a quick coffee or, or something to, to keep you going along the way. I really like that, Greg. I've, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. That's, that's really good. I like well, you know, and it's equally important uh, on virtual meetings. So right now we're into COVID and, uh, and, uh, people are jam-packed, you know, you know, the Zoom, uh, Zoom fatigue, which people are talking about. Well, this is a similar thing. You can still do the same thing on your schedule. And uh, even though many of the scheduling tools come up on an hour at the beginning, you can go into them and change it to 45 minutes. And, uh, and so it just, it, it's something we can own. There's, uh, sometimes you can't. If your boss is boss or the CEO sets up a meeting for an hour, you can't really uh, shift that, uh, but you can have a dialogue around it and say, hey, listen, uh, I really want to attend this dialogue. However, I have a conflict. I'm going to have to leave at 45 minutes. You can, you can upteach, uh, you know, if it, by just your behaviors, as long as you tell the why, right? I really like that. It's uh, kind of giving me some things to, to think about. So the next point. Be in the moment, pay attention, unless it's really important, ignore the phone and the emails. Yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, I read something recently that I really love, but it's going to sound really weird. And I know people listening are going to go, oh, that's kind of weird. But there's a, 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 I'm trying to think of the name of the organization. It's a clothing company. And this, uh, the CEO has this policy about uh, one minute of silence at the beginning of the meeting. And, uh, and yeah, I, I see on your face, uh, you know, uh, cause I could see you on zoom. That was like, that's weird. Um, and she did say people thought it was weird at the beginning, but what she does is it settles you, you know? So imagine if you say, listen, we're going to have one minute of silence and it's really just to breathe two or three times to get us focused on why we're here and what we're trying to do. And, you know, I've done it a couple of times and it is once you get past the weirdness, strangely powerful because our minds are storms. And, 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 you know, as a manager, you're coming from one to the other. So that 15 minute break gives you a chance to do that. So 
anyways, I think I thought it was a kind of a really interesting idea. It declares how important it is to be present here. Um, if you don't want to do it in the meeting, then in that five or 10 minutes in the break you have, get into your space, breathe, write everything out of your head that you want to get out. So when you arrive in that meeting, you are present because it's really hard to pay attention when you got storms and fires burning all over the place. It's interesting. I, uh, I took over a group of people as the manager and I don't know what went on before I got there. Uh, it was a good group of people and I liked the former manager as well. I remember one of my first meetings, uh, I was talking to somebody and my phone was buzzing a little bit on my, uh, on my desk and, uh, I just ignore it. And the person I was having a meeting with goes, are you not going to get your phone? But no, uh, I'm talking to you. I can always call back later. And it's like, I speak a different language or something. And I don't know what the culture was in this place, but I don't like long meetings, but if you're in my, you know, if you come into my office or we're, we're meeting somewhere for 10, 15, you know, 30 minutes, whatever it is, uh, you know, I'm yours. Okay. Let's, let's have that talk. And, uh, uh, now there is the odd occasion where maybe I am, uh, waiting for uh, a call. Maybe it's a personal emergency or there's something operational. And what I would just do ahead of time is declare it. I'll say, listen, Greg, uh, I know we have this scheduled 30 minute meeting and I'm all for it just to let you know, there's this thing going on. You're aware of that. Yeah. There may be a call from, uh, someone else and I might have to go, but, uh, it might not happen as well. So I'd like, I've been really looking forward to this meeting and I prepared for it. So let's go. Uh, let's just assume that interruption isn't going to happen and, and just go for it. But, uh, it's interesting that the cultural aspect of where you work, it isn't, you know, just about you. And I found, I kind of, fought a tide of that for a little while on the team that I was running and, and people just expected that I would be answering emails and ans answering the phone while I was talking to them. And it just kind of blew my mind a little bit, but it took a while for people to get used to that. And then, uh, you know, when you go into their office to chat with them and the phones are ringing and stuff, I of course expect the same courtesy, but, uh, it was an interesting, uh, kind of little sociological study there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, and, I, and you know, sometimes you need to, um, I've done this before, is overtly say, hang on a second, I just want to turn off my phone to make sure we're not bothered and flip it over. Because sometimes, to your point, those behaviors of checking your phone, um, picking up emails, checking your texts and that type of thing are ingrained in organizations and they're so ineffective. You, you know, there's tons of studies around distractions and multitasking that says every time you get distracted, it takes 10 minutes to get refocused. So if you're not, if you're checking emails even or texts or whatever like that, you're not fully present. Uh, and, and so making that overt declaration that to your point, this is important to me that we have this conversation. So hang on a sec, I'm gonna turn my phone off and I'm gonna turn it over so it do doesn't distract me because I wanna be present here with it. Even if that person who you're meeting with is a, is a uh, Tommy Texter, you know, they have those, those things at the movie theaters, don't be a Tommy Texter. Uh, even if they are a Texter, they will think, oh, okay, when I meet with, with Alistair, uh, I know he turns this off, so I'm gonna do that too. And, and what's powerful is it ripples through the organization. And the effectiveness of those meetings will shoot up because you're just more present. I remember I met with one person a couple of times and when I'd walk into their uh, office, they would uh, close the lid of their laptop and 
put their phone down and we go over and they'd have two chairs off to the side with a little mm. table. And that's where we'd talk. It's like, it's an electronic free zone. You just know it. And it, they don't have to say anything to your point. The, 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 the action speaks for itself and it, oh, okay. Oh, we're going to have a good meeting. Oh, this is good. Like this isn't, yeah. we feel like, okay, this is important that they, they're here to listen to me. We're going to have a really good discussion. Yeah. 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 So I love that. So know what are your behaviors and what, uh, what kind of behaviors can we think about shift that will allow the person who I'm meeting with to feel valued and to have that response that you just said, wow, this is going to be a good meeting. Yeah. So what message are we sending by being on time and by yeah. paying attention? Yeah. We're sending a good message. Yeah. And if you weren't prepared, and that happens sometimes, say so. Re you know, suggest that they reschedule or we utilize the time to do a really quick catch up on the information and have the best discussion that we can. I think, you know, it happens sometimes where stuff happens and you just don't get the time to prepare for the meeting. Declare it up, up front and uh, work out how you're going to deal with it with that yeah. person. I, I agree. And you know what? We're all different. We've talked about this before. Some of us need data to review ahead of time. Some of us can just fly through it in a minute depending on who you are as a leader. If you're someone who really likes to dive into the details, um, ask for them to send it to you a couple days in advance so that you have a chance to really meaningful look at it, to have a good discussion. But sometimes, it does, I love that, sometimes you're not prepared, so just call it. Um, just don't make it a habit. That sends a message as well. Mm -hmm. And listen, use active feedback. Uh, there's been a few times where I've been talking like 12 or 13 minutes and I, like nothing. And it's like, are they listening to me? Do they totally hate this? And your mind goes to that place, right? Goes to a negative place. Like, I don't think I'm knocking it out of the park. So it's got to be the other one. Really, uh, it's really helpful when uh, somebody's talking to you and every once in a while I go, yeah, I really like that. Or just, you know, oh, is this what you're saying? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Active feedback is really, really important, especially if the, the person you're meeting with has to do a fair bit of talking to bring you into the picture. Yeah. And, you know, also know how you respond. I may have told you the story, but I had a, one of my favorite bosses that I work with. Uh, but when I started working with at the beginning, uh, when I would tell him something, he would actually look up to the right. And I thought I was losing him. So I would push harder on my idea and get excited and that type of thing. And fortunately, he was a really great leader, and, uh, and he actually wasn't just listening with his ears. He was looking at his eyes and my behaviors and really listening to the energy of the room. And he said, oh, he said, hey, Greg, I just recognized something. Um, and, and uh, you know, he said, you got to slow down and that time. And we had this conversation. I said, well, I thought you were disengaged because I saw you look to the side. And he says, no, actually, that's when I'm really engaged. That means you've got me thinking and just create the space. So having that awareness of also how we communicate, how we receive things, how we do things is, a, is so important. And active listening can be more than just the words. It's if I see you have a reaction, you know, as your manager, be able to say, hey, Alistair, you know, I'm, I, I sent something there that, that might have touched a nerve, you know, uh, you know, did I get that right? Uh, and then have that conversation it creates that safer space for you to have that discussion. I think the most hilarious uh, situation I ever had, I was speaking to somebody very, very important. And I was, my boss and my boss's boss were in the room with me. And I had like three minutes. I had to, so I said what I was saying and the person 
they just had this look on their face and going like, I don't know, like I've never met this person before and I have no idea if I'm doing a good job or not in this little three minute talk. And the person just looked at uh, my boss's boss and went, keep me informed. And as he's walking out, I'm going like, I have no idea here. I don't know how to read this guy. And just before he passed by me, he looked at me, just gave me the slightest nod. Went, oh, thank goodness it's saved. But you know, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, sometimes it's a look, it's a, and like, that was obvious that uh, I was on the mark, but uh, it was kind of tense there for a couple seconds. Yeah, I was yeah. not sure how my career was going there. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. Sometimes it's just a smile and a nod or thumbs up or great job or very, very interesting. Thanks, Alistair. It could, doesn't have to be a big thing, but how do you encourage and give that feedback? Yeah, and don't talk over people. Be respectful. Uh, this is something I have to work on because I'm one of those... Uh, um, how would I say it, uh, enthusiastic people. Mm -hmm. So there's times when I may talk over somebody, but it's not because I don't agree with them. It's because I am 100% in on it and I have something really helpful to say. That's just as bad, but uh, I know I do that sometimes and it's probably not a good thing, but so important to let people say what they have to say. Yeah, you know, remember what your old Aunt Gertie told you, you have two ears and one mouth. For a reason. I love these little quaint things that come up during our talks. <laughs> yeah. 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 I never had an Aunt Gertie, but I did have aunts that would tell me the same thing. And my mother would tell me the same thing. And it's a, I still am learning that one, but it's important. I love those little things, by the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when it's time to make a decision, explain why, if it's going to be different than what was recommended, make sure everybody understands if there's some other factor that's uh, leading you to make a certain decision. It, it's helpful when you give people context and you explain why there's nothing worse than, yeah, I understand what you're recommending, but no, this is what we're going to do so much. It's so helpful to the situation when you explain, give context so that when people leave, they go, okay, that wasn't what I was looking for, but I understand why we've made that decision. And I see that point and, and that's good. And I feel that you know, at least I had an opportunity to say what I needed to say and, and why I wanted things to go a certain way. But it was a good discussion and uh, it's clear what we need to do. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about that I was just thinking about that can really make an effective meeting is early on, be clear on the purpose of the meeting and what we're going to be doing in the meeting, because sometimes that's really helpful too. And that can help on that efficiency aspect of uh, as a manager what you can do is say okay what well, we're here for this you know going forward and being clear and here's what we hope to get out is that what you think uh you know and and align it up front throughout our podcast we talked about the importance of uh, uh being planfully quick which is really having those upfront alignment things in whatever you're doing and they can be really really crisp but that saves so much time and also ensures that people are heard and valued in those situations. I had a couple people model uh, having a planned meeting kind of philosophy really early on in uh, my work life. And I think in my time in law enforcement, because you're often speaking to people uh, of a much higher rank, it's so important to go in there for you to know what the meeting's about, but also go a little deeper. 
what do I want at the end of this meeting? What, what is going to make it a good meeting for me? And if I'm meeting with you, Greg, what's going to be a good meeting for Greg? What is Greg going to want from me out of this meeting as well? And go in there with a plan and, and execute the plan and have the discussion. And if we're going to talk about something specific, you should know why I'm coming in to see you. You know, you've given some background documents and maybe you have a position, you know, declare it up front before you even get there. But the idea of going in there and having a plan and knowing what you want to say and what is, what a good meeting is going to look like for you and for the organization is so important. There's a couple of people that I worked with early on and I was just amazed because they always had good meetings and there's no surprise why they had good meetings. They had good meetings because they, they knew why they wanted to have a be meeting. They knew what a successful meeting was going to look like for them and they were committed to what they were doing and they just did it. I think it's a great point you've made. Yeah. I, I, I had a couple of really good role models early on in my professional career and it's like, I get that. And you know what, when you do that, what's amazing is your meetings become a lot more effective. And, you know, we're, we're over meeting generally as a population and as in organizations. And if we can find a way to make them impactful, meaningful, and effective, um, having a purpose, uh, a shared purpose for the meeting uh, is really important. And being clear on what success looks like and then go for it. Oh boy, it's, it's so helpful. And we need to win every discussion. When I mean that, it, it isn't like a sporting event, but everyone should leave that meeting knowing that they've been listened to, the reason for the decision, and what's next. We all yeah. win in that situation, right? We might not 100% agree with what the decision was made, but we know that we've been listened to. We were able to put our point across. We understand the rationale for the decision. And more importantly, we know what's required of us now. Yeah, it's like the bookends, right? If there's the purposes at the beginning, what we want to do, and with kind of the close that says, okay, where have we aligned to? What are our next steps? What are our commitments to each other? Let's go. Uh, man, that is so helpful. Uh, because then how many times have you left a meeting where you think you're all aligned on something and, and you're, you're, it's like we're in different meetings. So having that quick close at the end, is so helpful. At least it always has been helpful for me because I will sometimes leave our, our meetings and think I figured out where, where our next steps are and it's not on track. So, Well, I think we can all think of those meetings where a decision is made and then everybody leaves and it's like, but how do we get there? Like, mm -hmm. like I don't know. And I can, I can think back through my professional career where there's been a bunch of meetings where you know, we've had this long discussion, the decision is made and then everybody gets up and leaves, but it's like, who's going to do all this stuff? Like, so I think it, that's really, really good to, to make sure everybody leaves knowing what's expected. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So as employees, there's a couple of things we can do to assist um, in this uh, situation, the meeting. I think the first one is, and we've talked about this in a couple other podcasts as well. Know your audience, get a feel for who you report to and then change your approach what's the best way of talking to this person? And uh, this also came up in another podcast. If you don't know, Greg, uh, I'm going to be reporting to you and uh, we're going to have a series of meetings and stuff. What's the best way that you want me to communicate with you? Do you want stuff up front? Do you want the high level? How can we make these meetings to be the most effective ones possible? Right. What a, what a simple and yet powerful way. And, and most leaders will love that. 
because it allows you to, because I'm going to tell you what, where I'm at, what do you think? And what it also usually uh, sparks is a question from the manager or the leader who you're meeting with is to say, and, and how about yourself? What, what works best for you? And that foundation is so, so, so helpful. Because again, as we talked earlier, if I'm the kind of guy, the guy who wants stuff ahead of time, and you're the kind of person who really just gave me the top three things uh, versus any of the details, both are good. It's just how we work. And knowing that upfront is gonna help us have so much more effective meetings. It shouldn't be a mystery. Mm -hmm. And be clear and make sure that you get your views across. There's nothing better when somebody comes in. And uh, Alistair, this is what I wanna do. This is the upside, this is the downside. These are the resources, this is the time frame for it. I like that. There's nothing more frustrating as a boss myself that when somebody comes in and like we're like three or four minutes in and like, why are they here? Like, right. what do they want? Have they not given any thought to this? Like, it's one thing to come in and say, listen, Alistair, I have no idea. I just got this thing, what to do. Uh, can we just have a quick 10, 15 minute brainstorming? You know, you've done this before type of deal. That's fine. But when somebody comes in, especially if it's a, a regularly scheduled meeting, like, you know, we ha we're having a meeting once a week or once every two weeks. When you come in, there's nothing better for me as a boss that you're clear and concise about. And even if I know nothing about it ahead of time in those first couple of minutes, I'm going to get a sense. Oh, okay. Oh, this is, this is going to be a great discussion. This is good. Yeah, because you know what it is, it's because it, it also sends, we talked earlier about the power of being valued. But if me as an employee comes to you and say, yeah, here's what I'm look. here's here's what I'm up to, here's, here's what I'd like to really um, uh, have of your time right now to brainstorm, whatever that is, having that declaration of why it's important, that sends the message to you as my boss that I value your time. And I value your experience. And we all want that, whatever level we're at. So being clear up front, boy, that is, that's a, a powerful thing. And, and it goes to the next, you know, really think to be, that allows you to be confident. And, and uh, you know what, the more you can um, declare what, uh, what you're hoping for, what you bring to it, uh, what support you require, that builds confidence of your manager of you. So uh, take charge and still be open to the situation. I love it when people come in and they're confident. I feel, okay, we're gonna get something done here. And even at, if at the end of the meeting, the, the result is a little different than the person thought it was coming in. I love that. It shows that they, they, they take their job seriously. They take this conversation seriously. I really like that. And I don't mind a little pushback. Like if I say something, go, no, no, that's not what I mean, Elster. This is what I want. And this is the reason why. I love that pushback. I love it. I love sitting in a meeting with somebody that's maybe smarter than me or more experienced than me. I expect to be walked back if I don't have a proper understanding of what's going on in the matter that we're discussing. I love that confidence because that's, that's why you're working for me because yeah. I, we need to get something done. And I love that confidence, especially like I've been walked back a couple of times. It's like, okay, I really like this person. This is a good person. This person takes his job seriously. I love that confidence piece. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it, it definitely is strengthened when you have greater relationship and they understand who you are. So that earlier part that we talked about getting to know each other is so important and being clear on what the purpose is, all of those help. 
um, build the trust level, you know, uh, build that safe, brave space where I can uh, bring my full self there and, and also have the courage to bring forward ideas, but I can be open to it as well. That's an excellent plug for your book. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I guess that is. And take criticism well, constructive criticism well. Sometimes your stuff needs work. How you take criticism or suggestions is noticed by your boss. They want a good, diligent employee that they can work with and we can get the job done. I love it when, like my boss says, listen, Alistair, this thing that you did, it's slightly off. It's not quite what I want. And we have a discussion about what it is. Maybe it's my approach. Maybe it's the way of writing something, whatever it is. I love that. And I love it when I can talk to an employee and say, listen, Greg, um, we're almost there. This kind of consideration just came in. You might not know about it already, but I need it folded into what we're doing as well. And then we have the discussion and, and maybe uh, there's a, a weak part of what you've done and we have a quick discussion about that. I'm not trying to take you out. I'm trying to help you create a good product. And having a healthy attitude towards constructive criticism is so important. Yeah, and, and it's also very hard. Because emotionally, especially you put a lot of work into something, and even if it's the right thing, our emotions take off, our mind storms take off, and you know, really, uh, the churn happens, right? And so, what I, what I've been trying to do in these situations is, when I feel it, I know there's something I need to dive deeper, and it might that you can respond to say, "Tell me more, Alistair." Help me understand, just a little, not sure I get it. Help me understand it. Even if you do kind of understand it, help me understand a little bit more. Why is that important to you and, and what will be the impact? That gives you breathing space to listen a little bit deeper uh, because usually there's something, it's your boss, first of all, and something that you can learn and grow from, um, but uh, uh, it allows you the space to listen because sometimes it's hard because all my defenses, it's like the, it's like those walls have gone foo, 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 to protect me. Um, and unfortunately, I don't learn when the walls are up. So uh, how do I uh, pause enough, dig a little bit deeper to hopefully get the one or two things I need to get out of it? It is an uncomfortable space. And this is where I think the manager as well, giving constructive criticism, you create an atmosphere where people connect with you. You try to be a good boss and you deliver it, the, and then sometimes we stumble as bosses when we're giving constructive criticism. But I think over the long term, if people see that you're being genuine, that you really do care about them and developing them and as well getting the job done, it's better off for me to have that discussion with you, Greg, than for me to go and get somebody else to do it or talk above me about you doing this job. Once people get used to you and they see that you're genuine, that you're a real person talking to another real person and uh you know it, it is uncomfortable sometimes but as a manager that's my job yeah. and as an employee it's your job sometimes to take that constructive criticism as well and yes it is uncomfortable but you know this is a relationship and if we both invest in this relationship then hopefully those uncomfortable times will learn a lot about each other and learn how to whatever your the project is whatever the product is that you produce you know, it's a better product as well. Yeah, I agree. And make sure you're clear about what your boss wants from you. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, I've been chased down the hall after meeting somebody going, Alistair, um, 
two things quick. And you know what? Sometimes you have to chase after your boss and corner them and get the answers uh, to your questions. So important. You shouldn't be walking away going, I don't really know what the next step is, or there's, there's a big hole in this. You know, make sure you ask those questions at the time or you schedule up another follow-up meeting really quickly, maybe on a one-on-one basis and just get what you need. As a boss, I like that. If I've, you know, sometimes I leave a meeting, I think, oh, this is a great meeting. Like I'm, everybody's 100% on what we're doing. And next thing you know, I'm getting chased down the hall and cornered and, and asked a series of questions. I think that's great. Yeah, do what I, you have to do. I agree. So um, in wrapping up, Greg, is there... Um, Anything more? Yeah, no, you know what? It, it, it really, I think it comes down to what you said earlier. You know, we're, we're all humans. And what humans want when we're connecting is to be valued, to uh, feel as if we're impacting something, um, to be, uh, f and, and how you do that is by being present, by being on time, and by being both curious and courageous in that dialogue. So if we both show up that way um, and begin with uh, what's the purpose of why we're gathering and end with what are the takeaways and next steps, man, our meetings will be so much more effective. Uh, but remember, we're humans and we all have this desire to contribute and to be valued and entering into that space with those uh, intentions uh, and belief that the other person has the same intention are going to make your meetings so much more effective. And to me, it's being uh, confident and prepared. You and I have uh, have like a half hour, 40 minute meeting before we do every uh, episode recording. And I have my agenda always mm -hmm. uh, because I think it's important to be prepared mm -hmm. and, uh, and to be confident. You know, when we have our, you know, half hour discussion about uh, our corporate entity talking, not ranting. Um, I just think that's so important in all the meetings that we have and in our interactions with the people we work with, whether they're colleagues or, or employees or our bosses, you know, being confident and being prepared, it just makes the meeting so much better. Yeah, I agree. So we hope that uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that we, you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. And, and Greg, I'm going to lean on you again for your uh, learning philosophy here. Yeah, well, I just uh, uh, from my coach and being of a coach, I find that uh, the best um, coaching sessions that I have are those that I leave and experience both joy and crunchiness or peeved offness. Uh, and in both situations, they're good because you really, they, they, they indicate that learning has happened. So when I'm joyful, it's about getting excited because I've done something the right and I'm moving in the right direction. And when I'm churning or feeling a little bit peeved off, it's usually because something is hit deep inside of me that says, maybe you need to take another look here. So in these podcasts, we hope that maybe you'll experience a little bit of both of them. But our intention is to help shift and move you towards becoming an even better manager or a better contributor as, a, as an employee within a situation. So uh, uh, hopefully you've experienced at least one of them and maybe, maybe both. That's fantastic. And I love that we kind of end off on that, um, on that idea every day that we do one of these. And uh, thanks for everybody for hanging out with us today. Um, take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>